Good morning. Is everybody here this morning? Uh, two things have happened correctly so far. Number one, I got the mic on, and my name is John. So, just so everybody knows who I am. Uh, my wife, Vicki, we sit over there. So, those of you in the last couple rows, this is who I am. <laughs> those of you in front that ever turn around, this is who I am. Uh, Pastor Gordon asked me to speak this morning a little bit about the Holy Spirit. And the biggest concern I have about speaking in public, especially as regards to the Bible, is how in the world do I get this done in 40 minutes? It seems like the Lord just puts so many things in my mind, in my heart, to share with you. But we just want to do a quick uh, wrap up. Let's go back. This is the last week of the series. So we'll go back and look at the first week. Uh, the big idea was God gave us this Holy Spirit. As believers, we have each received this Holy Spirit. It's been given to us. Jesus Christ promised it. He said, I will ask my Father, and he will give that to you. So we learned that the Spirit is not an it. The Spirit is, it's him. It's part of the Trinity. And we'll, we'll spend hours trying to figure out how that part comes together. God is the Holy Spirit. God is Jesus. Jesus is the Holy Spirit. Jesus is God. It's all one and the same. Then the next week we learned that the Holy Spirit always tells us the truth or gives us the truth and shows us the truth. Because the Holy Spirit will always direct us where? Back to the Bible. The Holy Spirit is here as a reminder of things that we already have learned or already have read. So the Holy Spirit here to help us to go forward by reminding us of the scriptures. In the third week we learned that the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom. Again, the wisdom comes from the Bible, and the Holy Spirit points us back to the Bible again. And I loved what Pastor Gordon said a couple weeks ago about wisdom. He says, if you ever get that time where you kind of pause, and you go, uh, am I doing the right thing? That pause is for you to make up a reason why you want to go forward, right? <laughs> so maybe you're not doing the right thing. So listen to that Holy Spirit. This week we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit helps, helps us love. In the final week of the Guiding Life, we're going to be talking about how to find guidance when life is hard to navigate. As we gathered this morning, Pastor Gordon shared with us, being a Christian, there's some messy days. If you haven't had them yet, you will. It gets tough. It gets hard. I don't know about you, but I think the most difficult things for me to deal with sometimes is the relationships that we have with people. You know, someone once said, boy, church is such a great place. If it wouldn't be for all those people I got to deal with when I get there. So we, we tend to stir that up. We tend to make that mess happen. No matter how patient you are, or no matter how kind you are, no matter how forgiving you are, no matter how loving you are, we just got those folks, we can't seem to like them. We just can't seem to love them. Maybe they hurt us. Maybe they hurt you. Maybe they did something to you. Uh, maybe they did something they didn't even know, but you still carry that grudge with you. And it just hurts. And we get stuck. We get stuck in that anger, especially with those people that are hard to love. We have this, we love God. We love people. There's no little words down here that says, don't love you back. 
There's no little words down here that says that are lovable. It's just love people. And that gets to become difficult. One of the things that makes that difficult, if we read from what Paul told us, that, that we are told to love people. Jesus gives that commandment to love God and love people. But it's tough. I think Jesus knew and knows that we cannot love people the same way Jesus loves people without some help. And that helper is the Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ has sent to us. This week we're going to talk a little bit about that love and how that love shines and how when it shines, it's like the light on the top of the hill of the city. And nobody starts this light and just hides it. You, brothers and sisters, have been given that light. We sang about it this morning. The light of Christ is here. It's sitting there where you're at. It's not given to you to hide. It's given to you to let it shine. Put it on its pedestal and let it shine. We're going to dive right into the scriptures. I'm going to go ahead and read the Galatians again to you. The fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. I don't know that we have any laws that says you're not allowed to love people. I don't think we have a law that says, hold it, can't be kind today. I don't think there's anything in the scriptures that contradicts this. Actually, it goes on to say that all this stuff is actually what's based on the scriptures, as we love people. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified with the flesh, with his passions and desires. Now it gets messy. Now it gets real messy. I know this is figuratively speaking about crucifixion and crucifying our flesh. But brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you, I woke up this morning covered in flesh. As you did. I woke up this morning with those same desires that the flesh is there. As Paul says, I don't know why I do the things I, I don't want to do and I can't do the things I know I should do. It's because of the flesh that we have with us. So we can say we're going to crucify the flesh, but it's tough. It's a battle. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's not be conceited, provoking, or envying of anyone. That's tough. That's a full-time job. For those of you that were here last year, October, I brought the props with me. How many of you remember the banana story? The banana stories. So all of us here recognize this fruit as a bananas. What we have never seen, I'm just guessing, we have never seen the tree that those bananas grew on. I'd almost say it's 100% sure that nobody here has seen the tree that these bananas grew on. The same is true with the Holy Spirit and the fruit to the Spirit. As we see the, spruit, the fruits of love, and we're going to talk about that today, grow in a community, grow in a church, 
It's the presence of the Holy Spirit that brought that here. Our flesh cannot produce those fruits. Our flesh cannot produce those fruits. It's only through the Holy Spirit, which we don't see, but we can certainly see the fruit. That's the story of the bananas. The other thing I want to make sure we understand is the Holy Spirit helps us love. The Holy Spirit helps us love. It would be a whole lot easier if the Holy Spirit made us love. But the Holy Spirit helps us to love. There's a huge difference. Because we get to choose. We get to make that decision for ourselves. Every day, when I get up in the morning, I just kind of envision myself standing there in, in the garden, and I can choose. I get to choose for this day if I'm going to believe in God, if I'm going to believe in Jesus Christ, accept the Holy Spirit, and march through my day, or am I not going to? Every day. Friends, you have that same choice to make. I'll tell you, when you make that decision early on in the day, as soon as your feet hit the floor, the rest of your day is going to be better. I guarantee it. Because if you make that decision once in the morning, you won't have to make it the rest of the day. Because you've already committed yourself to loving people. And that's where the Holy Spirit helps you. It's a reminder every day. I have the Spirit with me to help me love. When Jesus was speaking to the multitudes, um, in the book of Matthew, it's recorded that he was being kind of tested and asked questions about the Old Testament and you know, which laws we should obey and trying to really pin him down. And, and this is what Jesus said, and this was in uh, Matthew Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. All of the laws of the prophets hang on these two. I can imagine a group of standing down there and they go, wow, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Hey, uh, make sure, where's Matthew? Make sure Matthew gets that written down somewhere. We got to get that in a book. That's some good stuff there, right? I don't know how those happened, but I could imagine as Jesus was preaching and talking and teaching, he probably had kind of like the same message. He would share here, he'd share it there, because we hear it from so many different angles in the scriptures. But guess what? As these words came out of his mouth that we are to love God, love people, and make disciples as later as his commission, I kind of think, I kind of think that Jesus knew we couldn't do it by ourselves. I kind of think that. It's later on we read in the book of John where he said, I'm going to ask my father and he's going to give another, as we talked about that in week one, to come and be with us. A few years ago, a few years ago, I started University of Akron, maybe more than a few years. And I just came out of high school, again, it was more than a few years, 
came out of high school, and in high school when I went to class, they took attendance, they knew you knew they were there, here's your book, here's your assignments, hand your assignments in every day, and they kind of kept track of everything, everything we did to make sure you were there. Then I went to the University of Akron. It was a little different. I had a couple of classes there. One class was called kinematics. How many of you have studied kinematics? Not too many. All right, how about thermodynamics? Nobody? Okay. Kinematics is the study of things that interact like gears and sprockets. Okay? If this gear is going right hand, this one's going left hand. If I want this one to go right hand and this one to go right hand, I've got to put a gear in the middle. If this goes right hand, it goes left hand, it goes right Okay? That's kinematics. And levers and cranks and pulleys and stuff. Thermodynamics is the study of energy in the form of heat. So I went into class and the teacher says, here's your book. Here's your book. Two things you have to know. You, in order to pass this class, you have to be here at midterm, and you have to be here at the final. This is the date of the midterm, and this is the day of the final. See you then. For the rest of you guys, if you'd like to, if you'd like to, I will be here every Thursday and Tuesday from 11 o'clock till noon, and we'll go through the book together, and we'll kind of teach you. We'll do some examples, and we'll do some problems, of which will be on the final in midterm, too. So if you want to come, that's great, but you don't have to. So the idea of the Bible just saying, here, take this, and we'll see at the final, whenever the final is, and going off and thinking we're going to get this by ourselves without a helper, without a teacher, without a counselor. Jesus knew it. He knew we couldn't do it. Israel hadn't done it for years. They had prophets. They had judges. Still didn't get it until the first rabbi showed up. The book isn't enough. The book is not always enough. We have to have that helper, especially when it comes to relationships, especially when it comes with love. How many of you swim? Swimmers? People know how to swim? So when you learn to swim, you got the book on how to swim, and you read the book, and turn, you turn your mouth, you breathe, you blow, you breathe, and blow bubbles, all that stuff. And you get to the book. Once you finish the book, your friend took you to the middle of the lake and said, and threw you in. It's the same way. Same thing with the Bible. There's some deep water there. There's some deep water. Thank God that we have that Holy Spirit to be with us, that we have that teacher can you imagine, for a moment, imagine sitting on the banks of a lake or on the side of a hill and having Jesus Christ himself read to you the Beatitudes, speak to you the Beatitudes. Through the Holy Spirit, we have that opportunity to be enlightened by the Holy Spirit in the same way that Jesus Christ enlightened those people when he was walking on the earth. We decide to love. The Holy Spirit helps us love. This is a prayer that I like to pray over us. Every time I just get to the point where I say, I just have to pause. I have to take a time out. Lord, help me crucify my flesh with its passions and desires. I want to live by your spirit. 
I want to live by your spirit. Help me keep in step with your spirit. I don't want to be arrogant, provoking. I don't want to be envious of others, and I don't want to be mean and nasty to anyone. Amen. Well, earlier I talked about that the light that we shine is like the city on a hill. I'm going to go to Matthew 5, 14, 16. I read this scripture in 2005, standing on the shorelines in the Dominican Republic, gazing out, waiting for the sun to come up. How do you remember that stuff? Because I wrote it in my Bible. <laughs> right in your Bible. It's a great way to bring us back to those moments that we've had with the Holy Spirit. But as I stood there, and I reflect back now, standing there, and I heard these words, not just scriptures, but these words. You, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light, let your light, let your light shine. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see the good deeds or see the good works to glorify your God in heaven. One neat thing about the Bible is the more I read it, the more I start seeing scripture lay on top of scriptures and how some of these things seem to go together so well. So this verse here really lays into Ephesians, the second chapter in Ephesians, where it says, it's for grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of yourself, it's a gift of God. So that no one can boast, no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Jesus Christ to do Good works, good works, which God has prepared for us in advance. So we go back to Matthew and it says, your light is given you to shine, to show the good works, and our faith, our redemption has been given to us in order for us to do those good works. Certainly it's not good works that got us our salvation. But brothers and sisters, you have been saved. You have been redeemed to be that light shining on the hill. You have been redeemed to love people. You have been redeemed because you love God, and then you will love people. This happens as we, as we follow Jesus Christ. From 2000 to 2010... I was a worship leader in a church. And we were in the midst of, at that time, called the Worship Wars. And I remember the first, first week of the series, Pastor Gordon said, there's a couple of things that, that really rub churches and tend for them to break. One is how they interpret the Holy Spirit. And the second one is the music that they play on Sunday morning. Well, we were in the middle of that. It was an older congregation, and the pastor at that time was Pastor Gary Glazier. 
And Gary said, you know what we need to do? We need to do something to bring the younger folks in with the kids. We need to have more children's programs for them. We need to have a more friendly service for them. We need to have it more relaxed. They can come in with what they have on. They don't have to get dressed up. So we started this service. And they had coffee and donuts, and we had fellowship time. And it was just a great, great different change from what we had. Very conservative, uh, where we had the organist and the choir. And every morning, Sunday morning, the choir would just, I, I used to say, they dusted the church with the organ. You know, they just hammered at a thing and just shook everything. And then the choir came down the middle, and they had the robes on. And it was just, you know, very glorious. Well, we kind of got away from that. And unfortunately there were some people that got hurt. And unfortunately, it got a little nasty. Unfortunately, the bananas started to disappear. There were no bananas. So what happened? Flesh happened. Flesh happened. Paul writes in Ephesians, not to grieve the Holy Spirit, now, the Holy Spirit's been given to us as a gift. He's been given to us. He's a teacher. He's the one that's going to help us understand through the Bible and remind us of the things of the Bible. So when we grieve that gift that Jesus gave us, I can't imagine it grieves his heart and God's heart as well. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit for whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind. Be kind. Be compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as Christ through God, God through Christ forgave you. So how does the Holy Spirit help us love? The Holy Spirit is our example of love. If these are the things, bitterness, rage, anger, slander, if those are the things that grieve the Holy Spirit, how do you think it feels next to the person next to you this morning? How do you think it feels in your family? How do you think it feels in the church when that hatred is there, when that anger is there, when that malice is there? We need to keep together. We need to keep pushing forward to the Holy Spirit. Brought another prop. I don't know if you, if you remember this one from before. This is a, the phones. I don't know, some of you are probably looking at it and going, what? Some of you don't even know that they're, uh, do you guys know that we used to have telephones that had a dial on them. <laughs> Do you know that? Isn't that crazy? What would they have a dial on them for? I go to visit my grandma. This is, not, this is a side note here. Went to go visit my grandma when I was a little kid. And uh, they had a phone, a little black phone on the counter. And there's no dial on it. There's no dial on it. You just, hey, uh, can I talk to Billy? Okay, hang on. And Oh, wait a minute. Could you guys get off the line? I want to talk to Billy. And you just told them who you want to talk to. Isn't that crazy? Anyhow, 
So we talked about this once before, and this is kind of like our relationship, not only here to God, but sometimes our relationship with each other here as well, as we try to love each other. And there's times when we just have hatred and anger and jealousy and rage, and the next thing you know, we're still connected. We're still connected. We're still connected with God. He doesn't discard us. We're still connected with our family. But we've got all this mess between us that keeps us from having a good, clear line of communications. So there's times when we just have to stop, call upon the Holy Spirit, and say, Lord, Spirit, I'm in a mess. I need to be untangled. It happens. It happens. When I was going through all this mess, I had a good friend of mine, his name Dan Page, Pastor Dan, and we'd share coffee from time to time, and he would try to help encourage me as I was in times of being discouraged, and he would say, John, listen to me. He says, fix your eyes on Jesus, not his followers. I thought, wow, not his followers? Yeah, not his followers. They're the flesh. Fix your eyes on Jesus Christ. And I did. And I kept plowing forward. Fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. Well, right in the midst of all this, uh, our pastor, Gary Glazier, became very ill. Friend of mine, good friend of mine. And he passed away from his illness. So we were given another pastor, Pastor Barry. And he came into the church. And I thought, oh, boy. <laughs> he is going to really step into this mess. So he came into the church, and I uh, got to be friends with him. And I went out, and I saw a book. The name of the book is called These Sheep Bite. Now, this is a church. <laughs> These sheep. Have you, read, have you seen the book? Hopefully, hopefully you have not. I hope the hopefully you have not. And so I, I saw a copy of it, and it was about how the church people didn't love the pastor, didn't love the administration, and they were just biting sheep. So you're trying to shepherd these sheep, but they're biting you all the time. So that was kind of what this book was about. So I bought the book for him, and as I look back, and even at the time, I thought, how sad. How sad is this? That there was this need in a church, in a church, that there was this need to have this book. Somebody hurt somebody. Somebody said something they shouldn't have said. And they couldn't take it back. Where were the bananas? Where were the bananas? They were gone. The church took a long time to get through that. Many, many hours of prayer. And I'm not sure that it really did to this day, unfortunately. I believe this church is blessed the spirits. You got a bunch of bananas here. <laughs> you guys have got a bunch of bananas here. I see it all around, and I'm sure you do too. I mean, just, just look when you come in here this morning. Look at the smiles. Look at, I can see the smiles here uh, of everybody here, and it's just such a great thing as we come in here and we gather together. 
and we see those smiles, we see the fruit, we see the love, and the evidence, the evidence of a Holy Spirit. Even though we never see the Spirit, we know that the Spirit is here. Now, I'm not saying that we need to buy a bunch of these copies and hand them out to everybody here. I think we're good. We're good. I'm just saying be careful. Just be careful. Because you never know. Every morning when we wake up, we're covered in flesh. Every morning when we wake up, we're covered with those desires of our own. It could happen. It could happen here. It could happen in this row here. It could happen here in Magador. It could happen maybe in the, the street you live on. Right? It could happen on your street. I've even seen it happen in people's homes. And before you know it, you've got this tangled up mess that you can't get out of. The Holy Spirit is here. He's our teacher to guide us. Time out. Rest in the Spirit, the Spirit of love. I checked on Amazon just to see, not that I was going to get you this book. I understand. I checked on Amazon to see if it was even still available, and it was really neat. It was really neat. It said, uh, currently unavailable. And this is what the neat part says. We don't know when or if it'll be back. Isn't that neat? We don't know when or if. I pray that it never comes back. I pray that it's never needed. Because actually, if, if the, the book that we need is this book, because there was plenty of sheep in this book that bit, right? There's a lot of people biting in this book, but we got through it through, through God and through his Holy Spirit. So those are just some of the ways that we can deal with some of the things that we have when we're all wrapped up. We have to get to the Spirit. And we have to pause. Sometimes it takes a long time. Gary shared a story with me. I assume it happened to him that he was fresh out of seminary. He started into his first church. And when he went into the church, uh, certainly there were different camps of different people wanting to do this, wanting to do that, pulling and tugging. And it got to be like Thanksgiving-ish time, and they were talking about Christmas and, and how they would do Christmas. And uh, a group came up to him, a younger group in the church, says, you know what? He says, we always have Christmas Eve services at 11 o'clock at night. And then we get out at midnight, the candles and all that stuff. And said, you know, that's for uh, kids. It's kind of tough sometimes, you know, to keep them up that late. And then we get them all jacked up and then get them home and try to go to bed. Why don't, why don't we move the service to 7 o'clock? Doesn't that make more sense? Let's have it a 7 o'clock service, 8 o'clock. You know, that'll just work out so much better. So Gary being Gary, he says, yeah, that works. So he made the announcement from the pulpit the next Sunday that that's what's going to happen. And lo and behold, there was this lady in the church. Her family had been in the church forever. Long, long member. She was a prayer warrior in the church. And when she heard that, she thought, uh-oh. Immediately after the church service, she went up and addressed him. Reverend Glazier? When was the last time you were called Reverend? <laughs> That's like me. Whenever I was a little kid, I heard John Daniel. Uh-oh. <laughs> Reverend Glazier, we need to talk. Oh, what? Says, we always have service at 11. 
our family eats dinner at 7. We've always had dinner at 7, and then we come to the service. You can't change it. It's just, it's, what about, I don't care. I don't care. You just, you just can't change it. So he says, well, I'll tell you what. He says, why don't you and I discuss this next Thursday? So just think about it, and let's discuss it next Thursday. All right, but I'm, that's the way it's going to have to be. So Wednesday comes around. He thought, well, he's going to call this lady and kind of see how she's, how she's gotten through the day. Calls her up, and he says, I'm glad you called me. I've got a whole list here now. I've had time to think about it. I've got an entire list of reasons why we should keep it at 11 o'clock. So Gary being Gary and being wise of his age, he said, you know what? Something's come up for me tomorrow. Why don't we get together next Thursday? That gives you another week to think about it. So another week goes on. Obviously, he's kicking the can down the road because he doesn't want to have to address this lady. Next week, calls her on Wednesday. Not quite as bad, but still fuming. This goes on for two, three, four weeks. And he keeps checking in with her. But he notices through the time that she's getting a little bit softer, a little bit more compassionate every single week. So finally, he gets a hold of her. And he says, well, I'll tell you why. He says, how about tomorrow? I know we've been postponing this. He says, but let's do this tomorrow morning. How about if we just go out for breakfast? And she says, you know what, Pastor? It won't be necessary. It's going to be so much easier for those families that have little ones to be there at 7. You know, it's going to be so much easier for the people just to kind of come as they are and to get the kids home. And my family can eat at 5. You know, we'll eat at 5 and we'll just go at 7. It'll be fine. Love through the Holy Spirit doesn't happen immediately. It doesn't happen right away. Sometimes it takes weeks. Sometimes it takes months. I've had friends of mine that have had broken relationships with their children that have taken years of prayer before the Holy Spirit not only worked on their heart, but worked on the heart of the ones that was so hard for them to love. Don't give up. Don't give up. Sometimes we just have to stop and let the Holy Spirit untangle our strings. One of the things that I want to share with you that is not a fruit of the Spirit. And this, I was going to start out by saying this is just for guys, but it's not just for guys. It's for all of us. Fix it. Fix it is not one of the fruits of the Spirit. Some of you look at that, that's kind of, what, what's he talking about? Those of you that said, I don't know what you're talking about, you're not fix-it people. But for those of you that are fix-it people, you know exactly what it means. You come crashing into a situation, come into the problem, you hear your toolbox, you open it up, what's the problem, I'm going to fix it, and then we're going to go on. I'm going to take the relationship, and I'm going to hammer here, hammer here, wrench this, and it's going to fix it. And if it doesn't fix it, I, I just deal with something else. Those are fix-it people. I'm a fix-it person. 
I'm a fix-it guy. Well, fix-it is not one of the fruits of the Spirit. Let me give you an example. For those of you dads that have sweet little young daughters, aren't they just, I, I, we're going to get a, grand, a great granddaughter here in a few months. I can't wait. We've had two daughters, I love dearly, four grandsons. I, you can't get a grandson to sit on your lap. This doesn't work. But to have a granddaughter is great. So to have a daughter, how precious they are. And you nurture them. And they grow and they get older. And then you have the opportunity to have these wonderful conversations between your 13-year-old daughter about stuff. <clears throat> if you haven't been there, you will be. Some of you may be there now. A friend of mine told me, remember, don't kill your kids, they'll bring grandkids. But it was 13 years old-ish, and I remember a conversation. I don't even remember what the situation was, but Dad was going to come in and fix it. That was on my mind. So as we stood there, the conversation got louder and louder and louder, and pretty soon tears started coming down her face. And Vicki leaned over to me, and she said, Hug her. What? Hug her. Why would I hug this? <laughs> she is yelling at me, screaming at me. I am yelling at her. She's crying. Hug this? I don't think so. Hug her. And I did. I don't even remember what the argument was. I doubt that she remembers the argument was. But through the Holy Spirit, I was reminded that lives in my wife. Just hug her. You know, we were standing outside greeting people coming in this morning. A few people stopped and gave us a hug. And they said, do you mind if I hug you? We should just have a sign that says, instead of John says, I need a hug today. We do. We do, we need hugs. And I thank people that walk up and just give you a hug. Friends, don't give a lecture to somebody that just needs a hug. Give them the love through the Holy Spirit. Fix it. Fix it just isn't there. And just kind of get going. I'm not going to be able to land this plane on time. I want to get over to John chapter 13. In the Bible, there's a lot of if-thens. If you do that, then this will happen. And I really didn't find a good one that talks about if we love somebody, then this is what we're going to get for it. But here's something that really kind of struck me good. A new commandment I give to you to love one another as I love you. So you must, must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple. You will know that I am, that you are my disciple. So we love God. We love people so that we know we're a disciple. 
I worked with the church here a few months ago and we spent, I don't know, with Gordon and Nicole, we spent like three hours just talking about this and then we brought the staff in and we talked for another three or four hours. How do we go, how do, how do we do it? How do we fix this here? How do, we, how do we do this? How do we do this? We had a lot of suggestions on how do we love God. We honor him. We worship him. Loving people, we can see a lot of evidence of how this church, this church loves on people. I'm telling you. I'm here to tell you that. This church loves on people. Make disciples. How do we, wait a minute. What happens here? How do we do this? Well, if we go back to John and we read this, it says, this, by this, meaning love, if you love one another, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciple. We love God. We love people. We're already on the path. We are already on the path of discipleship through love, through the Holy Spirit. It just works. You can't stop it. And then we go back to loving God, loving people. And at that point, we're on the path. This path is not a, road, a, ru a runway, it's not a roadway, it's not a rushway, it's not an easy street by any stretch of the imagination. It's for the long haul. It's something that you're on that path, you're on it all day long, the rest of your life. But know this, that Jesus Christ is the one that blazed the trail. We talked about blazing trails a few times ago, last few months back. He's the trailblazer that keeps us going. He's the one that we look forward to for our future and for our hope. There's no finish line on this path. We get up every morning and we decide to follow Jesus and we decide to love people. And the Holy Spirit is available to us to help us, to model that for us. Every day, we get to make that decision. So don't give up on loving people. The Holy Spirit is here to help us. Stay on that path. Stay on the path of being a disciple. You chose to be on that path when you chose to love God. You love people because you chose to love God. You're on that path because you love God, you love people, and it shows. This is, this is your banana. You're on the path. It shows. This church shows its love. So don't lose hope. Never be ashamed of giving somebody a hug. Never be ashamed to reach out to somebody with kindness and a kind word. Never be ashamed to admit that this comes through the Holy Spirit. Never be ashamed to say, you know what? Dude, I'm tangled up here with you. I don't know what's going on. Something's locked up. Help me sit down and untangle this so we can have this a better relationship. There is no shame. Be encouraged. Let me read this from Romans 5, 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Poured out, poured into us so that we can pour in to others. Okay, the big idea today. The big idea today is the Holy Spirit helps us love. So what are our next steps? Let's see if we get next steps up there. All right, stay on the path. 
Don't run ahead. Don't lag behind. Every day you get up, preach the gospel yourself. Accept Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. This week, don't get messy for some of us. Who, you know, who is that person that you really need some help with? And as you pray for them, pray for yourself. A little secret, sometimes it's you. <laughs> I'm just saying. Sometimes it's me. Sometimes it's you. Sometimes it's me. Start with prayer. Soften your heart. Make sure you get your heart softened first. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Apologize for running over just a little bit, but man, you just gave me so much stuff here. I'm glad we were able to spend this time together. Uh, now, if you all stand for the blessing. This is a great blessing, especially for today. It just, it just always fits in so, so well. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his Holy Spirit, then Christ will make his home in your heart and your roots will grow down in God's love and keep you strong. Amen. Now, go and be the church.